Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening. Welcome to Man on the Post Extra Time. Uh, my name is Chris, and with me I've got Mark. Hello. And I've also got back this week, I've got Emma. Hi. How are you guys doing? You all right? Very well, thank you. Yeah, good, thank you. Excellent. Right, for those of you who listened last week, myself and Mark did a little bit of Football Desert Island Discs. We talked about sort of games that either meant a lot to us or games that we remembered or games that were significant to us for one reason or another. So... Uh, following that tradition and going on to what some of the uh, the guys did on Sunday a few weeks ago, we're going to do something similar. Uh, we're going to do Desert Island Discs with real life music this week. So um, we've each picked two songs each and just a little bit as to why they mean a little bit to us and why we chose them. So before we go into anything football first of all, Emma, what's your first song? What have you chosen? Uh, my first song was The Foo Fighters' Best of You. And why did you choose this? Um... Because I love I love the song anyway, and I saw them at Isle of Wight Festival in 2010, I think. Mm-hmm. And they were really, really good. Probably one of the best live bands I've seen, so, so I went for them. Is this your favourite Foo Fighters song, is it? Um, the Foo Fighters are like one of those, like, I like all their songs, but yeah, it's quite, it's very standard but it, i just really like it i think the lyrics are nice and it always puts me in a good mood oh good okay well let's hear a little bit of that then i've got another confession to make i'm your fool everyone's got the chains to break holding you There you go. And that was the Food Fighters, so that's Emma's first choice. Uh, so, this week we shall be talking about, we've got a little bit of Premier League action to catch up on at both ends of the table. We've got an FA Cup replay, uh, a little bit of Championship, and we'll be predicting this weekend's um, Premier League fixtures as well. So, first of all, uh, Crystal Palace 2, Manchester City 1 on Monday. Uh, Glen Murray, Jason Punchin for Palace, and uh, Yaya Torre for City. Um, I think you called this in the predictions last week, didn't you, Emma? Yes, I did. From what I remember, yeah. Go on then. What, so what made you choose this then and why were you right? Um, City have just been really not great recently, have they? No, it's their fourth away game in a row they've lost. And and Palace, since Pardew's appointment, have just been quite high on confidence and been getting some good results. Mm. So I thought, why not? Why not indeed? The Pardiola. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think I went for a draw uh, in this one, but you, you got a sense, didn't you, that it wasn't going to be easy for them on a Monday night in a sort of close, compact ground and, and all that sort of thing. Um, but 
City had 74% possession and 22 shots. So is it just that it's not working out for them in front of goal or is it something else? I think that they're not direct enough when they get to goal. Um, and it was very evident the other night in the last sort of 10 or 15 minutes. Um, like a lot, Actually, like a lot of good teams, they don't have a, possess a great deal of width. And that was the problem, you know, uh, Torre and Silva, great players though they are, they always want to come back in, you know, come back inside, and and a team like Palace, or a team that sets itself up to defend against a team like that, um, just know to 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 funnel the opposition into the place where they're going to be heavily defended, and I think that was the problem. They were trying to play their way through um, through gaps that weren't even there, you know, and I think that was the problem. And I think City do desperately need to to sort their wide play out. For next season, um, if they want to utilise Aguero and whoever they find to play up front with him. Well, Navas hasn't really worked out for them, has he? He's all about speed. His delivery's not great. And on the left, I mean, Silver is the nominal left-hand sided player, but he never plays there. Mm. And you've got Nasri, who, same thing again, whether he plays on the left or the right, he always wants to come inside. You've got Torre playing inside. You've got... I can't remember the last time I saw James Milner play on the right wing. He tends to play on the left wing or in the middle of midfield. They've got the two, you've got Fernando and Fernandinho. You know, so there's a hell of a lot of players all in the middle of that pitch for Manchester City. And I think once you work that out, and it's not hard to work out, it's easy to defend against. So is there a Raheem Sterling shaped hole in one of the flanks at City then? Um. Could be, but he's another one who tends to want to come inside whichever wing he's playing on. So I think they would, maybe they could get away with it on one side, but I think they need a proper um, out-and-out left or right winger in that team who's just going to stay there. And Navas, I suppose, was the player that would do that, but I don't think he's actually good enough quality at Manchester City. No, I don't think he is either. So top four now is uh, Chelsea top on 70, play the game less, and then you've got Arsenal 63, United 62 uh, and third place on fourth place. You've got Man City on 61 points. And, of course, they play each other this weekend, don't they? We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, Tuesday night, we had a Premier League match on Tuesday night. I don't know if we had Aston Villa 3, Queen's Park Rangers 3. This was down the other end of the table, wasn't it? Um, it wasn't on TV. I tried following this on Twitter, and I just couldn't take the stress of it anymore. So I just sort of shut up shop and, and forgot about it till afterwards. Um I have to say, I did see his run with three two up, and I just, I did have my fingers crossed, but it just wasn't to be. Benteke with his hat trick, that free kick at the end was pretty good, wasn't it? There were scenes at the end though when he scored because uh, Tim Sherwood went, went mad. He took his gilet off and threw it to the ground in happiness. Well, well, why am I not surprised that this game, which ended three three, big relegation, um, six pointer. Um, goals, probably loads of drama and excitement and entertainment and everything else. I haven't seen any of the game. I haven't read a report of it. Just seen the, the the score and everything. How did I know that he would be the thing that would be the headline, not the game? You know, he's just such a what's, what's he's just tool. He's just horrible, isn't he? He just wants the limelight on him all the time. I, to be fair, the, the cameras focus. I mean, the cameras focus on him because they know it's a story. Or I mean, if you had a a camera on the dugout all the while when most managers celebrated, would it be like that? Uh, no, it wouldn't. It should just stand there. Yeah. Arson has enough problem putting his coat on, let alone taking it off to celebrate. <laughs> That's very true. He does, doesn't he? Um, running for these two, it, 
looks a little bit nasty. I'd say Villas is a bit easier. They've got Spurs, then Everton, Southampton, Man City away. Uh, West Ham and Burnley, whereas Queen's Park Rangers, they've got Chelsea, Liverpool. Um, or they've got the Chelsea, West Ham, Liverpool, uh, Man City, Newcastle, and then they finish on Leicester away. That's a nasty running QPR I've got. I'm quite fearful of this. Yeah, but that that's possibly where, after after Sherwood did come in, they got a couple of quick wins. And then they've kind of reverted to type and struggled again, haven't they? So maybe complacency and looking at that list could be an un- could actually be their undoing because QPR, okay, they couldn't hold on the other night, but um, they have picked up a few points in the last few games and started to look like they're ready for the battle. So it's not over. No, well, seven goals in two games, I suppose they've scored, haven't they? They're only a couple of points behind Hull. They've got a hell of a running as well. So you're right, it's not all over. And I feel a bit bad for Clint Hill scoring in, and then doesn't end up on the winning team that's not very nice uh, FA Cup last night Blackburn nil, Liverpool 1 Philippe Coutinho scored that one uh, so that leaves us the semi-finals then of uh, Reading Arsenal and Aston Villa Liverpool um, did anybody see this one? no I was at work yeah I watched it unfortunately <laughs> Well, I saw the... not, not, because, not because it was Liverpool, just because it was a terrible game. Well, I saw the second half. I wasn't exactly bowled over by it, but I didn't think Liverpool were lucky to win 1 0, but I think it was just quite no, pedestrian by they, both teams, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the second half was actually the better of the two. And, you know, if on the balance of the game, 1 0 was probably about the right result. Liverpool deserved to win. Blackburn were. I think they were just too scared. You know, I think they could have played a lot better, and they did have, you know, one or two. Um, times when they had a bit of pressure on but I was expecting a lot more from them mm. considering what you know the the size of the occasion and they've got nothing else to be worried about in their division so you know they were just disappointing but I, I understand that they had a few players missing so well they built just that up didn't they well they didn't I think the media did didn't they built just that up and then he didn't even start yeah he was um supposedly carrying a hamstring injury mm. Simon Eastwood Blackburn goalkeeper nearly did a Jimmy Glass right at the very end, did he? I'd say Mingle did fumble that a little bit. My heart was in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't very good. Um, and he's an ex-Portsmouth keeper. Simon Eastwood, is he? Yeah. Is there a reason he's ex-Portsmouth? Is he not as good as... No, he was a good keeper. Just the merry-go-round that is Portsmouth Football Club. Yeah. So, is he, did he do that sort of thing up there? Or did you didn't see this? He sort of got the ball about fifteen yards out, and sort of, I think he he sort of turned, didn't he, Mark, and volleyed it. Yeah, yeah, it was like a proper striker's finish in the box, and you know, Minule did really well, considering that there were about seven or eight players in the path of that ball when he hit it, and he hit it well. Mm. You know, it wouldn't if if he fumbled it and somebody poked it in, it would be in, it would have been tough to criticise Minule for doing so because he he had no time to react to it. No. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, Stephen Gerrard's farewell appearance at Wembley gets ever closer. If he gets picked, yeah. Yeah. Or oh, if he doesn't, if he's available as well. He's going to have to reschedule yeah. a few dates at the minute, isn't he? Yeah, he's tomorrow. He's uh, yesterday's man now, isn't he? He is. He's um, chip-wrapping almost, isn't he? <laughs> uh, right, Mark. Mm-hmm. Your song. You've uh, picked a couple of songs for us as well, haven't you? So what is your first choice for... Uh, my first choice is um, Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. Is this because you're a good dancing to this, is it? Well, that's part of the reason. Um, but mostly because I just think it's a fantastically funky song, for one thing. 
Um, secondly, if you've ever seen the video to it, it's just about the most 1970s thing that you could ever watch in your life um, with the flares and the the you know, the, the medallions around the, the shirt and everything. It's in the movie Saturday Night Fever, which is a classic. And also it's in the movie Airplane, which, as you know, it's in the bar scene when um, Ted Stryker first meets Elaine and one of the most classic scenes in comedy movie history. So for that reason... I love that. I love that song. Right. Before Ross plays this, Emma, I want, mm-hmm. I want you to look at the avatar of Mark in front of you on your Skype picture, and imagine him yeah. in that stain alive suit and <laughs> doing those moves. <laughs> You've not seen anybody strut like me. Oh well, let's take it away then. That was Mark doing his Saturday Night Fever. Um, next up, we're going to talk about the championship. Because that was Monday as well, wasn't it? Uh, it was very, very important in the championship. It was Watford 2, Middlesbrough 0. Um, Bournemouth, two goals down against Birmingham, came back to win 4-2. This is all at the top of the table. Huddersfield beat Ipswich 2-1. Norwich beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-0. And a humdinger between Wolves and Leeds 4-3. Uh, Wolves beat Leeds 4-3. This was a cracking game. And Derby won 2-0 as well. So... Bournemouth top on 77 points. So you've got Norwich second on 76. And then it's Watford 76, Middlesbrough 75, Derby 71 and Wolves 71. Derby needed that win, didn't they? Oh, mm, but- just, just when you think they were out of it. I, I mean, they're, they're probably now going to have to settle for playoff place, but um, it's it's like, um, no, after you, no, after you in, in the championship. like, mm. um, And the ones with the, the momentum are Norwich, aren't they? They are. They're doing very well since... I can't remember his name, the Scottish fella. Alex Neal. Alex Neal, that's it. Yeah, they're doing very well since he came Because they were kind of stifling a bit at the start of the season, weren't they? Mm, and they've, they've just... Yeah, they're just uh, shooting up the table now. And I, th- I think um, that when you look at the running, I think it's actually Bournemouth who might have the easiest of the runnings. Mm. So now you'd imagine that they should be the favourites uh, to go up automatically. Watford are hanging in there. Middlesbrough's... I think they've played a lot of the the, um, the rivals for promotion recently. So, again, I've got the feeling that Middlesbrough might just have to settle for the playoff place. And Brentford and Ipswich, they're in 7th and 8th. They're not out of it, are they? No, no. I th- again, both of those seem to be sort of scrapping rather than um, forging towards the, the end of the season. So, it's going to be tight. Jukanovic at Watford, he looks like the kind of man who's been awake for a week and um, his eyes are red and he's grown a beard and he's seen lots of things he shouldn't have seen. He, yeah, he's got that look about him though. He's, you know, he spent last night in a skip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or he's had to hide in a closet to escape something or something like that. Mm. Um, everyone keeps waiting for Bournemouth to sort of cock it up, but they're still top, aren't they? I have to say I expected them to be in the playoffs I didn't expect them to still be in the automatic promotion places at this point mm. I did as well you kind of you, you kind of think for the size of the squad and the size of them as a club I mean there's something on the football pink about this wasn't there the other day Mark about how where they've come from as well 
Yeah, yeah, because I was just thinking actually. Um, I, I, I was it was six years ago. Um, they were second bottom of the league on minus one league points. Darren Anderson had just retired, and they'd come to Blythe to play in an FA Cup second round replay, and Blythe knocked them out the FA Cup uh, when Jimmy Quinn was the manager, and Eddie Howe got the job about two weeks later. So they've gone from virtually admit well they they were basically about to be wound up by HMRC or close to it. Um, ton of debt, second bottom of the league, etc. etc. They've got new owners who've secured some finance from one place or another to to fund transfers and get them out of um, trouble. And obviously the Eddie Howe thing, both in his first spell and his second spell, he's just the right man in the right place at the right time. You know, so it's kind of a little bit like a Cinderella story to be where they are now from where they were just six years ago. Well, there's been a few of these, haven't they? Got a whole that have been um, have sort of climbed through the leagues as of Swansea as well. Um and going the other way, who have had a taste of the riches and are going back down, you've got Wigan, who've got rid of Malky Mackay this week and got Gary Colwell instead. They're, uh, they're eight points off of safety. Um, yeah. And the only people below them are Blackpool, uh, who will be relegated this week after drawing with Reading. And both of those have tasted the Premier League dream, haven't they? And they're sort of on their way back down as these are on the way up. Well, there's a lot. I mean, you look at Leeds, they've, they've gone down sort of semi-comeback. You've got Southampton, who went down and came back. Manchester City, long time, quite a long time ago now, went yep. down to the third division or League Two, what we call now. They came back again. Uh, Norwich have been down there, um, and there's a few others. You know, Fulham could be going down there if they don't pull themselves round in the, you know, maybe not this season, but but next season. So, you know, the Barnsley have gone down as well. So, yeah, it doesn't always work think, out for these little clubs, does it, Emma? I think yeah, the, the kind of the issue is that when you're going so quickly from playing League Two, League One football, it's your infrastructure behind the club. You know, the the youth team, the youth players that are coming through now were taken on with the idea of going into a League Two team. They're not, you know, they're no, I just no disrespect to them, but there's no way that they're Premier League standard, which means you have to spend more money because you've not got the right kind of players coming through your ranks. So you have to spend money to buy the players in. And I just hope that, whether it's, you know, whether they have an amazing season and stay up if they get up or whether they come back down, that that money is kind of put into the infrastructure of the club rather than just buying players so that, OK, they may have a few kind of yo-yo seasons, but they can actually build on what they've got. Well, West Ham are a good example of that, aren't they? Like West Ham, West Brom, sorry. They yo-yoed for a bit and now they seem to be quite sort of stable in the Premier League. I think the best example of what Emma's talking about about um developing the youth and you know generating a the team of your own and having some sort of continuity in that and adding here and there and then selling to make more money and putting it into a stadium or into to training facilities and so on the best example and i'm sure emma doesn't want to hear this but it seems to be southampton i thought you were going to say swansea no, no southampton are they're a brilliant example of it they've yeah. always even when they were in League One, were putting massive amounts of money into their youth squad. And by selling the likes of Theo Walcott and Oxo Chamberlain, they've made themselves enough money to now have a new training uh, ground, have the, have St Mary's. And infrastructure-wise, it's a great club. And it got them out of some pretty financial, bad financial um, difficulties because I think they're now are they trading a profit for the first time since they went into administration seven, eight years ago. Must give you a warm glow, Emma, to know that your South East <laughs> <laughs> Um 
at least one, at least two of you are doing well. You've got Bournemouth that are doing well, Southampton doing well. If if you're not doing so well as Portsmouth, surely you're pleased to see these do well. I'd like to see about Bristol Rovers. Sorry? You're happy about Bristol Rovers? Let's just leave it at that, eh? (laughs) Stop picking on her, Chris. I know. (laughs) It's fun. (laughs) Right, so that's Championship. So it is now time for my first choice for... I haven't heard this song much. much. You probably know it a bit more than me, Emma. You're a a youth. Um, This is something my daughter played me, which makes me sound very old, but I quite liked it. Um, Echo Smith, Cool Kids. Do you know it? Oh, yeah, I love that song. Yeah? Yeah, it's... Of course, they're all young, hip kids, but yeah, it's a great song, I love it. They look about ten, don't they? (laughs) They're all brothers and sisters, aren't they? Oh, are they? Yeah. Like Hanson? Like Hanson, but nowhere near as good. Nobody could be as good as the Hanson girls. I mean, boys. (laughs) Were you confused briefly for a few weeks? (laughs) (laughs) A knowing laugh. Uh, yes, this is my choice. This is um, Echo Smith and Cool Kids. And that was them. Right, we move on to our... Oh, no, I was going to say our predictions. Just got a couple of other bits and bobs of have been here. Um, FIFA rankings are out today. Wales are up to 22nd. Scotland are 29th. England are 14th. Northern Ireland are 42. So Wales are shooting up as they move towards Euro qualification. They've been impressive. They've been very impressive in the qualifiers. They have. They've been very good indeed. Um, officially, Switzerland are a better team than Spain as well. Mm, well, I think that says more about the perceived decline of Spain than any great quality in the Swiss team because they they flattered to deceive at the World Cup, didn't they? They did. Uh, Switzerland, I mean, and Spain. And Spain. Portugal is seventh. I don't think it's a very good Portugal team. Uh, they're ahead of Uruguay, Switzerland and Spain, who are eighth, ninth and tenth. When is it ever a good Portugal team? About ten years ago. They've all gone down. I mean, I just, I just said the phrase flattered to deceive. I think that could have been made up for Portuguese football. Well, they had they they did win something at youth level, didn't they? That team about ten years ago with Figo and Costa and all that lot. Ten years ago and the rest. Twenty years ago. Twenty years ago. That's where the that's where the original the golden generation, um, sobriquet came from, wasn't it? Well, you say that if you get this this edition of the football pink, you might see a Balkan version of it. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. That's a very good plug as well. Well done. <laughs> uh, Cristiano Ronaldo scored his 300th Real Madrid goal this week. He scored, he scored five at the weekend, didn't he? And he scored two uh, in a win over Rio Vallecano. Um, 300 goals in 288 games, which is not bad. Um, and did anybody see poor Andre de Sena? Poor as in wow. was him or poor as in he couldn't afford, afford to buy the beans he stole from Harrods? Probably a bit of both, to be honest with you. I didn't know it was at Leighton Orient. That's like how the mighty have fallen, isn't it? I think you've misused the word mighty there. Well, the mediocre have fallen. <laughs> <laughs> I did see some Liverpool fan, uh, some wag tweet on um, put on Twitter this week. It's not the first time he's been caught in possession. <laughs> Poor Andrea. Right, so we now move on to our Premier League predictions. Um, this is where we 
go through our forthcoming fixtures and we decide whether they're going to be a win, a loss or a draw for a particular team. And we have our double points um, fixture as well. We take a European game and we have to predict the actual correct score for this one. Uh, I have been very remiss in not totting up these scores the last few weeks, but I promise I'll do it for next week. I've been busy with Easter, unfortunately. So I promise I'll get this done for next week. Um, Before we do this, though, I think it's time for another song choice from Emma. My second song choice was I Will Always Love You, but by Dolly Parton. Oh, I'm looking at your new I'm looking at your new <laughs> avatar on Skype this week as well. I know. Oh. I thought it was time. <laughs> um, no, I chose it because I don't like the um, other version of it. It really gets on my nerves. And I just... When you actually listen to it without all the... It's going to be really embarrassing. I hope this is not one of your songs, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) It just wails, and I just never liked it. And then I came across this version, because obviously Dolly wrote the song, and um, I saw her at Glastonbury last year, and I just like it. I think it's a nice song. It is a good version, definitely. I think think actually there's a Willie Nelson version that's pretty good as well. That was only to pay taxes. Hmm? That was only so you could pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know the Willie Nelson version. That's quite good. Uh, so we're going to hear a bit of bit of Dolly Parton on the Man on the Post podcast. This is um, putting edge if ever there was anything. Dolly Parton. Um, so you got your choice coming in a little bit, Mark. Um, your teenager's choice coming up. Early <laughs> uh, kickoff on Saturday is Swansea in eighth place versus Everton in twelfth. And Mark, you've been bemoaning Everton all season long as being dross, but they've yep. three in a row. Yeah, uh, only one of those had they even remotely deserved to win, and that was against a completely hapless Newcastle. They, they scraped a win at QPR and then the game on Saturday, I, I was kind of semi-watching it um, on a dodgy internet stream. Um, but um, from what I did see, it was garbage. The game itself was garbage and neither side deserved to win. So it was a, not a lucky win, but it, if it had been any result, then that would have been fine. Everton didn't really do enough to, to say, oh yeah, we deserve to win 1-0. But yeah, as you said, somehow we've managed to win three games on the trot, two of which we were pretty poor in. Mm. Playing pretty much the same way as we have the rest of the season. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I suppose it's all statistics, isn't it? Because you, you'd lost the previous three before that, didn't you? Probably. I mean, it's. I think it's just it's coming to the end of the season and I think there's a few teams a bit tired and a bit disinterested and... Southampton, I've seen Southampton play a lot better than they did the other day. They looked a bit they looked a bit jaded. Um, but that shouldn't. That, it, it, it's it, the three wins on the trot is a it gives a bit of a false impression of where Everton are at at the moment. Okay. Uh, well, Swansea won four out of six. Gary Monk has got the best 
win rate of any Swansea manager in the top flight. Uh, he's got a 40% win rate, which is better than Rogers of 32 and Loudrup 27. Hmm. If he was foreign, we'd be loving him to bits, wouldn't we? We would, and I think because he's also not a big name ex-player, he doesn't get um, that much credit. I think a lot of people have a pop at him because he moans a fair bit in post-match interviews and press conferences. But he's actually, you know, he's taken that job on a little bit further from where it was when Loudrup left. Mm. But that's what do you reckon the score's going to be? Or what do you reckon the result will be? Um, I'm I gonna... think Swansea You're going to Swansea win, are you? Mm-hmm. Based on what? Mark. How much Mark minds about Everton? I was going to say Mark's <laughs> constant pessimism. <laughs> Um, based on the fact that Swansea are just better than Everton, so especially at home, Swansea are a good side. So I, I agree with that, and I think Swansea will probably win this. I agree with you as well. Like that. I, yeah. I was going to go for Swansea because it was at home. Southampton Hall, Emma, it's time for you to wax lyrical about Swansea, about Southampton again. Um, I, I do agree with Mark, and you can tell from their recent results that the way they were playing when they thought they had Champions League football was a lot more exciting to watch. Mm. Well, I'll give you a bit of uh, sort of context on how well Southampton played. Hull haven't won since the 21st of February when they beat QPR 2-1. And since that time, well, since the 1st of February, Southampton have only taken two points more than Hull um, and have played an additional match more. So they're not in the best of form, Southampton. They're getting knackered towards the end of the season, aren't they? Yeah, they, they've, they've got a good sort of 11 to 14 players, but I think they've, they've had a few injuries and whatnot. Pella's not looking as good as he was in the first half of the season. Mm. Um, and maybe they are just coming to the, the, the Champions League thing. Is, it's a little bit like Everton last season. Once the Champions League um, carrot was dangled and then it started to disappear over the horizon, the players just sort of went off the edge of the cliff a little bit for the last few games. And I can see that possibly happening to Southampton as well. Yeah. What do you reckon? Well, what do you reckon? I mean, I was going to say, Anna, that you could see that happen in Southampton, but Hull have found a score in 13 of their last 23 league games. So, I mean, by no means are Southampton going to roll over for Hull, are they? Southampton haven't really been scoring either, though. I don't know their stats, but they're not scoring anywhere near as freely as they were in the first half of the season. They've got five in their last nine. I'm going to... I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for a... Hull win. A Hull win? Yeah. Right, okay. Because I just, I think, I don't think they're bubbles burst. I think they're very happy where they are. But I think Southampton are already on their summer holidays. Okay, that's ambitious of you. Uh, I'm going to go for a draw. What do you reckon, Mark? Um, I'm going to stick with the same thing as Emma. I've got a feeling Hull might pinch this. Don't know why. Just got the feeling that they're due to get an upset result on the road somewhere. So Southampton might be as good as place as any to get it. Okay. They need it. They need. They need it. They do. They certainly do. Uh, they're only a couple of points ahead of QPR. So Hull are in seventeenth, aren't they? Sunderland versus Palace is next. Sunderland fifteenth. Palace in eleventh. Um, Sunderland only won one out of the last six, which was last week against Newcastle. Palace have got three wins in a row. Um, Sunderland got the second worst. Home defence in the of the uh, of the season, second only to West Brom. Big, big game for Sunderland again, isn't it? It is. Um, I kind of get the rightly or wrongly. I kind of get the impression that Palace aren't the same away from home as they are at home. Mm. So I'm going to go for Sunderland win. Yeah, 
I mean, if Sunderland can play with the same intensity they did last week, especially in the first half, then they should be fine. Although they, they still lack quality, but I think they haven't played with the same tempo as they played it last week. And that's probably worth a few points across the season. So I'm going to go for a draw. I think, I think, I'm not sure if they're quite good enough to beat Palace, but so I'll go for a draw. Okay, right, Emmett. I'm going to go for a Sunderland win as well. You go for a Sunderland win as well. What for the same reason that Palace being. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, look, guys, guess what's next? Spurs versus Villa. This is the Tim Sherwood derby. Wow. I wonder if we'll get to see any of what goes on the pitch on match of the day. That little BT sport box in the corner, that'll be uh, fixed on him throughout. Christ. I can feel the love in this one. Villa got nine away goals all season. Well, they have started to score at least while he's since he's been there. Yeah, White Hart Lane is the highest scoring stadium in the Premier League. It's got seen fifty one goals there this season. Well, wow. okay. I don't know what that means. Spurs letting a lot of goals, I should imagine. Must do. I'm going to go for Spurs. I think. Ditto. Yeah. What do you reckon, Emma? Yeah, I'm going to go for Spurs. Yeah, is this any because you think Spurs are better, or you just don't like Tim, you don't want to back Tim Sherwood? I just think Spurs are better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Well, before we get onto West Brom Leicester, Mark, your last choice. Mm, okay. What have we got? So, <laughs> my second choice again, not not one for the for the kids at all, is um, the Tunnel of Love by Die Straits. Now, when you told me this, I thought of all the Die Straits songs I really liked, and Mm-hmm. It's quite a lot. This didn't appear in my top five. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's probably not even my favourite Dire Straits song. Um, it would probably be Romeo and Juliet. But the reason why I chose this is because, um, as you know, I work abroad quite a lot. And when I come home, the plane, when it comes to Newcastle Airport, it goes around Whitley Bay. It sort of makes a circle around Whitley Bay and heads towards Newcastle Airport. And it goes over the old amusement arcade area called the Spanish City. And if you know the song... And you know that Dire Straits are from Newcastle, and they talk about the Spanish city and taking a walk from Colourcoats to Whitley Bay, which is exactly where that plane sort of flies alongside and then back to Newcastle. So it reminds me of coming home from when I'm being away, but also it's an excellent song, and it reminds me of also going to to you know to the Whitley Bay and to our, the arcades and everything when I was younger. So that's why I chose that. So you land with a box of chocolates in one hand and a rose between your teeth for Mrs. Godfrey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, she calls me the milk train man. Does she? When you started well, that story, I thought it was going to go in a completely different direction. <laughs> I Dare I ask what direction you were thinking <laughs> I was going? I was really nervous about what you were going to say. What do you think he's going to say? It was a euphemism. Yeah. <laughs> Quite well, cool. maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it is. I haven't looked at the, I haven't read too far into the lyrics. Maybe there is something hidden in there. You don't sing that, do you? While you're giving her the rose, <laughs> um, it's it's not been seen yet, but you never know. One day. <laughs> wow! Here we go. Here's Mark's tunnel of love. Then, enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> And I've been writing on a ghost train Where the cars they screaming 
Right, well, that was Mark enjoying his tunnel of love. Um, let's get back to the football. And speaking of tunnels of love, Tony Pulis. Um, West Brom in 14th, they left it in 20th. Um, now, West Brom aren't doing all that well at the moment. They've lost back-to-back games, including that QPR game last week. Um, Leicester are on a bit of a bounce, aren't they? They've scored five goals in their last two Premier League matches, which is as many as their last eight combined, actually. But I can imagine West Brom have had a bit of a rollick in this week, and you might see a, um, a reaction. Mm, possibly. Uh, I can see Leicester getting a draw. Yeah. Yeah, again, they got a good win, a good win last week, and now they're kind of... It's shit or bust time for Leicester, isn't it? So... I think they're going to go for it in every game they've got to. Mm. Go on, then. What do you reckon? Uh, I'm going to go for West Brom. Because they've had a bit of a bollocking. Because I think they're a better side than their last few performances may have suggested. And I think against Leicester, no disrespect to Leicester fans, it's a side to try and prove that against. Yeah, I'm going to go for West Brom as well. Um, West Ham versus Stoke. Now, Peter Crouch has got the same number of Premier League goals as Ruud van Nistelrooy. He's got 95 Premier League goals, but it's taken him 238 more matches to get them. I don't know what that means or anything. I just saw that stat and liked it. So. <laughs> uh, Mark Hughes has got a good record against Big Sam. He's um, only lost one of his last ten, and West Ham have lost four of their last five. Although Stoke have lost their last three, haven't they? Hmm. So I think this has got... Um, West Ham a win, I think. And they're on a the bit of a beach, aren't they? I'm going to go for a draw. Yeah, it's about as mid-table and meaningless as it could possibly get, isn't it? Uh, yeah, this is ninth v 10th, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go for a draw as well. Oh, what do you reckon? I will go for Stoke win. Stoke win. No tunnel of love for Big Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mrs. Allardyce. Uh, Burnley versus Arsenal. Burnley 19th. Arsenal 2nd. Um, Burnley lost three out of the last five. Arsenal have won their last seven. I can't see anything beyond an Arsenal win for this one. That's weird, isn't it? Arsenal are playing brilliantly. Um, and you'd think they would smack Burnley around, but again, Burnley, another club, they need the points. Arsenal are famous for dropping their asses at critical times. Yeah, but people have been saying that for the last couple of weeks and they haven't been, have they? Yeah, but I mean, if they are truly still in with a vague shout of the of winning the league, they've got to win. And if the pressure's on them to do so, then... I'm going to say Arsenal, but I think it's going to be a hard game. Yeah, OK. What do you reckon, Emma? I think Arsenal as well. Yeah, I think you're all right. Right. Sunday, uh, massive derby on Sunday. Um, we are, talk, of course, talking about Queen's Park Rangers, Chelsea. Uh, QPR on 18th versus Chelsea in first. Now, Chelsea haven't had it all their own way at QPR. Um, they conceded six of their last seven matches against QPR on the top flight, and they've lost a couple of them as well. Did anybody see a, a, an upset here? Chelsea scored the most away goals in the league. They scored 33. But they might not have cost them, might they, because of his hamstring? Um... Chelsea have had their ups and downs over recent weeks. And QPR, again, like we're saying now, it's it's crunch time. They've started scoring, they've started scrapping. So I might go for a cheeky draw. I was going to say a cheeky draw as well. What do you reckon, Emma? 
Um, I have less faith in QPR, I'm afraid. I'm going to go for a Chelsea win. Ooh. I hope they ruin your Sunday. <laughs> uh, right, Manchester United in third versus Manchester City in fourth. Uh, United have won five out of their last six and City have lost three out of their last six. Um, Manchester United have lost their last four league games against City, though. But mm. I can see Man City. Uh, I can see United winning this. City are just imploding, aren't they? <sighs> if they win, they go above them as well, don't they? Who City? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, United, no, United, United, yeah, United are above City by points. They are. You know, I'm so used to seeing it the other way around. Mm. Yeah, no, you're right. So they could stretch that to two, four points, couldn't they, if they win? Mm. I'm going to go for United. I'm going to go for City. You're going to go for City, are you? Okay. Um, Emma, what do you reckon? City has got the second best away record, away goal scored record in the country. This will 32 goals away from home this season. They always seem to... Well, they always come out on top in the Manchester derby as well, don't they? For the last few times at least. So I think I'm going to go for City as well. You'll go for City as well, are you? Right, Okay. Uh, and then Monday night, we've got the... Oh, this is quite big. We've got the John Barnes derby, the Kevin Keegan derby, the Andy Carroll derby. This is um, Liverpool versus Newcastle. Um, the Michael Hooper derby. Michael Owen derby. Michael Hooper. Mike Hooper, yes, of course. Barry Venison. Barry Venison. There must be a few more. Peter Beardsley. Peter Beardsley, yeah. There's got to be a few more than that. I can't... Yeah, really. Let's have a think. I've thought, and I can't. Oh, the um, Diddy Hamann derby. Yeah. And, and Jose Enrique too. Yeah, that's right. Um, Newcastle lost five out of their last six, and of course Liverpool have lost their last two against Arsenal and United. So they should, you would have thought, in theory, be back on track against the Newcastle team that really don't look all that arsed. If they can't be up for their local derby last weekend, then they're not going to be up for this, are they? I mean, you, you said the word imploding just a minute ago when you're talking about Manchester City. That, that doesn't even come close to what's happening at Newcastle. That's really in turmoil. So it's got to be Liverpool then. Even if Liverpool aren't playing their best, I'd be shocked if they didn't beat Newcastle comfortably. Yeah. Oh, and Newcastle, chased, they, they won this earlier on in the season, didn't they, St. James's? So if they win, they've done the double over Liverpool for the first time mm-hmm. in 20 years. 21 years. Oh. There you go. Okay. Uh, having said that, I might even I might actually predict Liverpool myself, so I'm going to go for them. No, I won't, because I predicted Liverpool beat Palace last season, and they didn't. They drew three all, didn't they? I'm going to go for a draw. Let it go, Chris. Let it go. No, I can't. Oh, yeah, that's like Frozen. <laughs> I was all serenaded. <laughs> that, that's, not your, that's not your next choice, is it, for a Desert Island disc? Oh, damn it. You've got me. I'm going to change it now to that. <laughs> Emma, what do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a Liverpool win. You're going for a Liverpool win, right? Okay, and last one. I realised I forgot to do this earlier on. This is our um, uh, our double points. This is our fixture. We actually have to put the correct score. It is the I don't know if it is such a thing or not, but the Borussia derby in the Bundesliga this weekend. <laughs> I might be a bit tenuous with that. Yeah. Um, is Borussia a place then? Um, not strictly. No, I suppose it's a bit of. I think it's a derivation of the word Prussia. Oh, is it? I think so, yeah. Even though the German word for Prussia is Preussen, but... No. My German is limited to watching certain kinds of films. 
To watching what? Watching certain kind of German movies. Like art house cinema, you mean? Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. He's been on Channel 4 late at night. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I thought it was a big derby, but it's obviously not. Well, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a it's a, another name for Prussia. I think it might be the Latin name for Prussia. Okay, well, all right, the, the, the Prussian derby, the much sought-after Prussian derby. Um, Munchen Gladbach at home against Dortmund. Munchen Gladbach a third, of course, aren't they? Uh, behind Wolfsburg. Mm. And Dortmund a tenth. So I'm going to go for 2 1 Munchen Gladbach. I'll go 3 2 to Gladbach. 1 0 Dortmund. 1 0 Dortmund. Why is that then? It'll be different. You've got very risky this week, your predictions, even though you're still probably out in the lead somewhere. <laughs> She can afford to go into cruise mode. She can. Go. Well, do you remember John Vandervelde in the Open, though, when he was took his shoes off and tried to chip the ball at the lake? Well, OK, if we get to the last week of the season and we spot Emma in the Solent <laughs> doing some doing some paddling off uh, off the pier at Hyde, then we know that she's about to collapse. Well, they play cricket in the Solent, don't they? Who do? Some people do. On a sandbar in the middle of the Solent between... The Isle of Wight and Southampton. Don't yeah. It's a big ship away now, so... I think it's where they play cricket, is where that ship ended up. So they might not be able to play. Is it? All right, well, ship stop play. Yeah, not too often. Um, right, well, that brings us to the end of our predictions and the end of our uh, podcast. Is there anything anybody else wants to share or plug or talk about? Nope. Nope. Mark? Just a quick plug for issue eight of the Football Pink, which is out now. Hooray! What's in it this week then? Well, you told us last week it's an Italian ninety special, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Okay. So you got. I quite like the look of that Maradona article. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about um, when he tried to get the Neapolitan crowd that used to idolise him mm. when he played for Napoli, tried to get them on side um, by telling them that Italy didn't care about them when they played against Italy in the semi. When Argentina played Italy in the semi final in Naples. And how that kind of backfired, but how we got to the the point of trying to do this, and the the background behind the north south divide in Italy, and how eventually from that point on, Maradona, the downfall began. You know, so that's that's what that article's about. Okay, Ross and the guys will be back on Sunday to uh, review what we have previewed, and you can give them a download from Monday if you like what you hear. You can give us a review on iTunes. A five star review would be great because it helps push us up the rankings. Um, you can find us at Man on the Post uh, on Twitter. And if they want to follow you guys, how do they follow you, Mark? They want to follow me. They would have to follow at the Football Pink. Emma, if they want to follow you. At MWebs. At MWebs. Okay. Uh, right, we're going to play you out with my um, the last choice for our Desert Island Discs. And it's one that I've chosen. Um, I don't know whether you remember these, Emma, or not. Mark, you might do. This is the Sultans of Ping. Do you remember them, Mark? I do. It's kind of linked to Dire Straits as well, isn't it, in a way? It certainly is. It is. It's not Where's We Jumper. This is a football song um, called Give Him a Ball. This is about Stan Collingwall. Believe it or not, because the, the, the Sultans of Pings guys were um, Nottingham Forest fans, so they wrote this about him when he was at Nottingham Forest. Uh, so hopefully Ross can play that with this one. Thank you ever so much for listening. Um, we will see you again this time next week. So always remember to keep your man on the post. Give him a ball and a yard of grass He'll give you a move with a perfect pass 
Give my bull and he out of spice. He'll give you move with guilt like your eyes. Oh my god.